Hi there, Glocal citizens. Welcome back to the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around manifesting a new world. I am Florence Adu, your host. I'm coming to you again from Accra. This is my last interview from Accra for a while. So I'm excited about my guest who is coming to us from the US. And she's here on an interesting mission. She is the owner of Hempress Farms and she's also the owner of Ma Ati Spa. These are both based in North Carolina. And Hempress Farms is a boutique artisan grow and sustainably produced cannabis product. Hemp. Hemp. Mm-hmm. hemp. Yes, I'll say hemp. <laughs> we must be sure to say hemp. Um, and uh, Ma'ati, I spit, did I say that correctly? Mm-hmm. Ma'ati Spa is a place where you can relax and heal yourself. So, Maya Gilliam. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Yay, 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 yay. So let's get started. Tell us more about where you're from, where you're local, and what is your craft? Okay, um, so I'm from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. We have a vertically integrated cultivation facility there. Actually, in this exact same location, started out as a day spa uh, called Ma'ati Spa. And when COVID-19 hit, spa shut down. Uh, literally two weeks later, Hempers Farms was erected in the exact same spot. So even now, even though it's a cultivation facility, <laughs> it's still very spa-like. Okay. <laughs> so it's fabulous in that way. We do five-star product tastings, which introduce our clients to our luxury CBD products. Okay. All of our products are from seed to bottle. So we literally grow all the hemp that creates the CBD extract that go in all of our products. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that people really love about us because they know like exactly who's growing the plants that are creating the medicine, pain relief, and all these wonderful things that the plant does. So um, that's what we do. Okay, wonderful. And so you are from... North Carolina. Yeah, I'm from Winston-Salem. Okay. More specifically, Yakinville, like the country. Yakinville. <laughs> is that the name? Yeah, Yakinville. Oh, okay, okay. We'll have to, like, put a, a pin on that in the show notes so we can kind of get a sense of what, where that is. And so your craft is cultivating uh, hemp. Yeah, that's right. Okay, you're a yeah. farmer. I'm a farmer, yeah. yeah. And I create products, okay. amazing products yeah. um, for your skin, topical products, and also edibles and... Uh, tinctures as well. Okay, nice. Nice and teas. And teas, yes, yes. So just some background, folks. A mutual friend here had introduced me to Maya. We played a little bit of like WhatsApp, WhatsApp, try to WhatsApp business. But she happens to be here in Accra for exactly that purpose, to kind of come and introduce her products and understand more about the landscape. And we'll get into a little bit more of that later. But before we do that, tell me more about your background and what inspired you to kind of be on this innovation and revolutionary path. Sure. So I was born in Winston-Salem and I grew up in Yakinville actually from like second grade. Mm -hmm. So I'm a country girl. I grew up on a ranch with like cows and horses and couple of chickens and I went to college in Washington DC um, okay. so that was an amazing experience and shortly after graduation I worked at USA Today my major was TV production and electronic studio which is like web design graphic design okay and I'm also a photojournalist so all throughout 
university, I was a photo editor uh, for the campus newspaper. Okay. And what campus was that? Uh, Howard University. <laughs> <laughs> we like to we like to give big ups to uh, to particularly our, our HBCUs. Yeah. So yes. Howard alumni in the yeah, house. Uh-huh. Howard in the house, for sure. Ain't you for life. No. <laughs> <laughs> so after graduation from Howard, like a month later, I started working at USA Today okay. as assistant photo editor for the sports section. Mm-hmm. I worked there for about two years. And I have another company, too. It's called Third Eye Digital. We do web design, graphic design, mm-hmm. video production, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Everything multimedia, basically. Sure. And I started working for that company full-time after I left USA Today. Okay. And um, let's see, I'd say about seven, well, maybe about four or five years later, I moved back to North Carolina and I opened a day spa. I went to massage school. Okay. Because I was, like, constantly in front of a computer, like, all the time. Yeah. And I just wanted to get some extra income from another profession that didn't require, like, being in front of a computer. Mm-hmm. So I went to massage school. I uh, learned a lot about energy work, wellness, mm-hmm. healing, spiritual work, all types of stuff like that. So begin to study and continue to study about metaphysical, the metaphysical, wellness in general. I'm also a hypnotherapist mm-hmm. as well. So I went to hypnotherapy school. Okay. The goal was to learn how to control my own subconscious mind, really. Mm. So I don't do a lot of hypnotherapy. I do it for me, my mm. family, my friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I do it professionally every now and then or for groups. Okay. But yeah, I'm really deep into learning how to control your subconscious mind. Yeah. Mind control, trying to utilize the, as much of the brain as possible. Yeah. You know, so that we can reach our divine potential. Right. On Earth. Right. <laughs> Manifest that new world. That is what we're here for. Yeah. So you said doing group hypnotherapy. How does that work? Because I always think of hypnosis as an individual thing where, you know, you're personally guided and... But I guess in some level, it's a little bit on more meditative if it's in a group setting, or yeah, how does that um, work? Basically, hypnotherapy is nothing but guided meditation. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when you're being hypnotized, you literally can't be hypnotized unless you want to be. Right. So when you have a group of people, they all have a goal they mm-hmm. want to accomplish. Um, so it's, mm-hmm. if they're willing to, mm-hmm. it's like go time. Mm-hmm. You know, if mm-hmm. they're ready. It's like, you ready? You want to do this? Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just hypnotize a group of people who. Right. Don't want to be or don't know they're being. <laughs> right. Unless you do it systematically over generations. But sure. we'll get back to that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> On another podcast. Exactly. But uh, yeah, so basically everybody just gets relaxed and uh-huh. they just listen to the sound of my voice and... We first start with uh, some breathing, and then we're going to focus on something relaxing like a beam of sunlight. Yeah. And then that beam of sunlight just continues to go down the body. Yeah. Like mentioning, it's going down your eyelids and your ears. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's relaxed, and then we all go on like a journey together. Got it. Like, Got you know, it. Go visit a past life or yeah. visualize your future self sure. or stuff like that. Sure, 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 so, sure. Yeah, that's how nice, 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 nice. Very interesting. <laughs> I'm a meditator myself, so I mm-hmm. absolutely get that part of it (laughs) okay so you were a graphic designer you still run a graphic design company and then you did all this training and you collated all that into the spa so as a serial entrepreneur now I'm understanding (laughs) um, tell us more about how you decided about the spa business and then how that dovetailed into the hemp business I know you said you you know grew up in the country so that makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. I get that definitely so tell us more about the spa business like how did you fund it how did you you know 
bring that to life. So first was Third Eye Digital. Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny because like my minor was web design and graphic design. Mm -hmm. And I can do it well, mm -hmm. but I prefer to like get the contracts. And mm -hmm. so it's kind of funny, like when we had assignments, um, I would just pay my classmates to do my you already for me for class. <laughs> <laughs> Like, look, it's just $200, and please, just get this done for me. Wow. So yeah. you were, you started early. <laughs> yeah. So you, that's how it started. Sure. Okay. And uh, then we began to get real clients, and um, we actually got a contract with Howard University newspaper. Okay. Uh, not newspaper, but the yearbook. Okay. To create a digital uh, yearbook. So uh -huh. we created a, a DVD yearbook, mm -hmm. and that was like our first big contract. Mm -hmm. um, so it was like a huge thing. It was like $11,000. I'm like, Wow. So that like really launched Third Eye Digital. Okay. Um, and then we started doing a lot of websites for small businesses mm -hmm. and just individuals and things like that. Mm -hmm. Then we did a site for the New York Public Library. Oh, okay. And that just snowballed. So after that, we've done sites for maybe a Clayton Museum, the JFK Museum. Oh, nice. Martin Luther King Museum in Atlanta, uh, Louis Armstrong House Museum in Corona, Queens. Just, okay. It, we just do a lot of work for museums. So what is that specialization about? Is it about the interactivity of it or? Is it for the that museums, mm -hmm. um, it's basically for uh, digitizing historical documents and putting them in this huge database so okay. that in case there's ever a fire or anything like that, Wonderful. we have the digital copy of it. Wow. And also to monetize the digital copies sure. and sure. create revenue for right. the museum so they but can kind of licensing out those yeah. things. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, cool. Um, and so with that, I went to massage school and still running Third Eye Digital at the time, doing web design mm -hmm. and... I got a huge website. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy paid me $30,000 and uh -huh. he paid me half. Okay. Okay. So I took that 15 and I like opened the spa. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So found a nice location. Okay. Which it's kind of in Winston-Salem downtown. It's like a live work thing. Mm -hmm. So I actually lived in the spa the first year. Mm -hmm. I slept mm -hmm. on massage tables <laughs> and everything. The couch. That's, that's an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's hard to, when you first start now, it's hard to afford an apartment exactly. and your business. Particularly when you're putting so much time into business. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's kind of funny because nobody except my friends knew I lived there. Uh -huh. In the morning, I would just hide all my stuff in the back closet and just act like I didn't live there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of funny. Um, so, and then the spa really, we, we ran a Groupon and we got like super popular okay. very, very quickly. Okay. <laughs> and we yeah. turned those Groupon customers into repeat customers yeah. and figured out a way to get the Groupon customers to purchase directly through us instead yeah. of purchasing the Groupon. Right. So, um, we grew very quick, quickly with that. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, the spot how did you hire like the hiring of other um and estheticians etc so you just kind of mm -hmm. went through because i was just getting out of massage school myself sure. when i opened the spa yeah. so i had uh, in ah, school okay, just like a pool of people just got like, it hey got can it. you do this massage so i knew yeah. already like 20 therapists okay you know got it that, that um, worked well and after that, as the years go by, then you just go to mas local massage schools and mm -hmm. just get them from there. Mm -hmm. Or they just call you and ask mm -hmm. for a job mm -hmm. to an interview. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, it's easy to get massage therapists. Okay. Well, it's easy. Right. Right. <laughs> and we were open for uh, nine years. Okay. And then COVID-19 hit. Yep. And then, so when they shut spas down, I saw, like, we went from making 30000 a month to zero a month. Wow. And the bills didn't stop. Exactly. So I was like, all right. <laughs> I don't think 
got like non-essential companies right. anymore. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I started thinking about it, and um, well, basically, we opened up because we I already had a hemp license at the time, okay. and I had paid a consultant to make me a master grower. Okay. So, so what inspired you to get the hemp license? Actually, my parents. Okay. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, Yo, you should look into this hemp thing. You know, and, um, you know, they t- had me go to a conference. I went to a conference and mm. I studied it. I studied it for like a year before I did anything. Okay. Go mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, here's the license. We got the license. So what are you going to do with it? Okay. And they said, we did all we could. Here's a license and you can grow here on this land. Okay. And um, are they farmers? Uh, kind of. They okay. grew up, their parents were farmers. Okay. So they were, they grew up farming. Okay. Um, potatoes. Okay. And, like, so you, greens. so you always kind of knew how to grow things. Yeah. 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 Uh, when I was a kid, they used to make us, um, work in the garden. Potatoes mm-hmm. out of the potato field. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I hated. <laughs> oh, didn't we all? I used to hate, my dad was a, you know, my parents came from Ghana. Mm-hmm. And so my dad and mom would always have gardens. And so gardens have weeds. And then we had a big apple tree in that just dumped apples. So we used to hate having to pick weeds and rake those and pick those apples Mm -hmm. off the grass. So, yeah, we hated it. But I realized that that was great practice and great training for understanding how the earth works and not being so afraid of bugs and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of being afraid of bugs, my dad owns a pest control company. Nice <laughs> <laughs> segue. Right? That's interesting. But, uh, yeah. Okay. So then you got the license. And oh, yeah. um, so we got the license uh-huh. and I was, the first year I was just doing the research. Okay. And then the second year I was like, okay, I think we're ready. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, did a little fundraiser, got a couple investors. Okay. And um, we did an outdoor grow. Mm-hmm. Um, use the money for that. How much? Um, how much land did you do your first out? It was just a half an acre. Okay, that was it. Test. It's good to start small. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing a lot of research, and I noticed like a lot of farmers in that area they started very big mm-hmm. and they lost very big. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So I was going to the conferences and I was listening to the farmers and hearing their grievances and seeing what was going on. Mm-hmm. And they had a real problem with basically. First of all, it's very expensive to grow on the outdoor because you have to do your weekly sprays mm-hmm. so the pests don't take over mm-hmm. and um, the plant disease sprays mm-hmm. and dry amendments. It's a lot of work when you're growing for flower, which most of us are mm-hmm. in North Carolina. Um, so you really have to tend to those plants if mm-hmm. you want to be successful. Yeah. So we had a problem with payroll and just being able to tend to all the plants. Mm-hmm. And then when they had all this flower left over, um, they couldn't sell it. Yeah, no off takers. Yeah. So... The main reason is because they only focused on growing. They didn't focus on creating products. Right. And so I actually created CBD products like a year before I ever planted a seed. I already Mm. had the body butter and the body scrub. Got it. Because I'm coming in like, okay, first, how am I going to sell it before I even start planting? Exactly. Exactly. So I think that was one of the major advantages um, that and I'm huge on vertical integration. Mm -hmm. Um, We do a lot of training, uh, cultivation trainings, and I've helped already 11 people get their hemp license in North Carolina. We have an application class like where we literally fill out the application. When you leave this class, all you need to do is mail it in with the money. Got it. Okay. Yes. Wow. So we're all wow. about that whole social justice, um, teaching sure. black people how to grow. Yes. A vibe there. Was it fairly easy, straightforward? Is there any politics? Are there any like big hurdles in terms of getting the license? 
Uh, the main hurdle is the limiting beliefs of black people thinking okay. that it's hard. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's the biggest hurdle. Good. That's good. Because they have. always come like, oh, they're trying to keep black people out of the industry. I'm like, how? Right. <laughs> right. If you have a cases. felony, put it in your mother's name. Okay. Put it in your wife's sure, name. Sure, there are ways around There it. are many ways. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Just because you have a felony does not mean you can't work in the industry. Sure. It just means you can't own a license. Got it. Okay, Got that's it. fine. Got Put a it. license in someone else's name and mm-hmm. run your business. Mm-hmm. So in your growing, did you project how much you were going to make? Like you had investors, so obviously you had to, you know, some returns to give back. So what was your projection starting off? For- All right. So the thought process behind that, and I would not recommend it, <laughs> but I mean, I kind of would. It's just stress, you know, when things don't go the way they should go. Yeah. And you have to kind of maneuver. Uh-huh. Um so basically, this was pre-COVID. This is like uh, the fall before, fall 2019. Okay. And so we raised $30,000, okay. okay, in two months, just off of Facebook posts. Like, hey, y'all, this is what we want to do. So friends and family, like, just threw the money in, cash apps, Venmo, checks, nice. everything. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're like, okay, so you're going to buy a baby plant, a clone, mm-hmm. all right, mm-hmm. for $100. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you back $200. Nice. Okay. okay. That's easy. So we'll cultivate that uh, plant for you until it gets to be older. And so the calculations were, all right, so each plant at that time will produce probably a half a pound of hemp. Okay. Okay. And then we'll sell that half a pound of hemp for $400. Okay. And then I'll give them my $200. And like my two hundred, and yeah. we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> so that's in a perfect world. Back, back right, back of the envelope, it works. <laughs> um, but we definitely had an ironclad contract, actually. Okay. Um, that basically said, look, if anything happens, if we mess up, if everything happens, you lose your money. <laughs> okay. But um, I didn't feel comfortable with that because their friends and family yeah and they really believed in the project yeah so i was like all right y'all um so basically we COVID 19 came yeah so we're supposed to plant in uh early may mm-hmm. uh so COVID 19 came in march a lot of shipments mm-hmm. amazon was late a lot of things mm-hmm. were late so we planted outdoor we had been planting we had been growing indoors for a couple months before that mm-hmm. planted outdoor about a month late so the babies didn't have as much time yeah. in vegetation sure as we would like yeah so we thought they would be maybe five or six feet tall even mm-hmm. um but they were only like three feet tall mm-hmm. so the yield was smaller than we anticipated Got it. because they missed like a month of uh, yeah vegetation sure and it's nobody's fault you know nobody thought COVID-19 was gonna come and yeah shipments would be behind and right the whole world was yeah. gonna stop yeah so we're actually very lucky that we even had <laughs> three feet. Yeah. 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 So from the outdoor harvest, we're expecting like 125 pounds. Okay. So we got 30 pounds. Oh. So I just let them know. Well, actually, this is a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Cause I just let them know. It's like, look, <clears throat> you cannot get your money back or we can press these this flower. We can mm. extract the oil from it. Get the rosin. We can create products. Mm. And I'll give you your money back mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. Okay. So we're like, you're going to have to wait longer. You're going to get your money back. But you're going to have to wait longer. Because the only way to flip this 30 pounds of hemp is to create products. The highest value, right? Yeah. Right. So had you had the idea that you... So you just kind of innovated and said, okay, we don't have as much flour. So let's get this vertical going now. 
right? And so that's what you did. Yeah. So you created new products. So did you have these products already or these I are new products? I already had products already okay. and we have a lot more products now, but I did have products already and that's how I knew. Okay. But I was like, oh yeah, well, if we just press the rosin, then we can easily give them their money back. Okay. But Got if we it. sell this flower wholesale... Got it. Got it. So, but this flower that you were selling, just to be clear, because what is legal in North Carolina is the hemp plant, right? Hemp is legal in North Carolina with the THC below 0.3. Okay. So very similar to what Ghana is expecting, Mm -hmm. right? So this is, this is the kind of intern, this is now becoming like the international legalized medicinal cannabis, I guess, policy is that Mm -hmm. if the THC is under 0.34, is that it? Mm-hmm. Then zero point three, zero point three. Then you can sell it, or and only for medicinal. Right, right. And pain relief is pain relief is for medicinal purposes. Absolutely, all of our products are for pain relief, stress sure. relief, sure. insomnia, mm-hmm. um, ugh, PTSD. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, migraine headaches and just so again because i've had other guests that are in the cannabis business and so how do you recommend people make the distinction between the effects of the hemp slash cbd as it is and like boosted or hemp or or cannabis that has thc still intact in a product yeah so basically the difference is going to be with the hemp and the cbd you're going to feel relaxed you're going to feel pain relief you're not going to feel super duper high Right. You know, right. sometimes with THC, you'll feel really high, maybe paranoid, uh, maybe not. But um, with CBD, you know, it's a nice, safe feeling. Mm-hmm. For example, I have some clients that come to me when they're about to give speeches. Mm. Obviously, you don't want to be high during a speech, mm-hmm. but you still want to be very relaxed. Yes. And just calm and in control because sometimes, you know, they nerves, get, the, get the nerves. Yeah. 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 So anything with nerves, say if you're scared of planes and you want to get on a plane, yes. CBD. Yes. Just calm yourself. Yes. And then go. Yeah. You know, that yep. is great for that. Right, right, right. The or at work, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are working from home and you know it's a lot going on and you just sip on some hemp tea, something like that, mm-hmm. that can just calm your nerves and just let you move on. Keep right. calm and move on. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Makes a lot of sense. So we're sitting in Accra. And so this is where I want to, I'm going to ask my why the weird question in that regard. So tell us how you came to be staying and working and playing here in Accra for this trip. Okay. Well, <laughs> I love Accra. It's one of my favorites. Well, it's literally my favorite city in the world. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, came here back in 2007, fell in love with it. Uh-huh. Been coming a couple times a year ever since then. Okay. And it's just like a wonderful place to be for me. So when I found out there was an opportunity and I read that Ghana made hemp and Mm -hmm. cannabis legal. Mm -hmm. So I just put the feelers out into the universe. Mm -hmm. And so we're out here doing the best we can and networking to make it happen. Okay, nice. So what do you see as a place for for Hempers Farms here in Accra? I see exactly what's downtown what's in Salem right now. Oh, wow. Upscale hemp dispensary with luxury CBD products. Nice. Um, doing tastings all day, every day. Okay. Events in the evening, tastings. Okay. A wonderful place to come, relax, enjoy yourself, decompress. I can see it. I can see it. I can feel it. So, um, last weekend, and she had another one this weekend, last weekend, um, I had a, a tasting here in Accra. So, it was in a flat. 
And they, it was kind of luxury. It's very sparse. There was someone giving a little bit of shoulder <laughs> rubs, using the, the body butter, which is beautiful and it's lovely. So I want to make sure in the show notes you'll have access to this. But this body butter is butter. Like, you know, <laughs> clearly it's butter. It just was like, we were like, ooh, it's so nice. So I'll, I'll describe the experience a little bit. So when you sat down, they gave you a steam with one of the products, which is um, an infused um CBD, uh, infused uh, essential oil. So I chose the rosemary oil, but the, the different varieties were lemongrass, mint, and I think another one. But so again, you'll see those on the website. So you steamed and then you did a hand scrub with the salt. So the salts also have um, CBD, CBD yes. in them. And then that's when the body butter came in. And all the while we're sipping hibiscus ginger. No, no. Was that the hibiscus ginger? We were sipping just hibiscus tea. So that just gives you a sense of the kinds of, um, the kind of experience that Maya's providing and looking to provide an upscale in Accra. So I love that concept. Yeah. And all this would not even happen without um, a company called Hakuna Group. Hakuna Group. um, From the Netherlands. Uh-huh. They're absolutely amazing. Um, uh, the guy who runs it, uh, Jake, Jason Tim, he's like literally been like my international consultant okay. for agriculture. Nice. So I would not know where to start without Hakuna Group, seriously. So how did you um, find them? How did they find you? How did you find oh, each wow. other? I was on Instagram. Okay. No, maybe I was on LinkedIn. Okay. And I saw this link that said uh, Pan-African Hemp. Something, mm. and I was like, "Oh!" So I just clicked it, and I joined the WhatsApp group. Okay, and so everybody's just talking, people from all over the globe, and they're just talking about hemp and what's legal in certain places, and yeah, in Africa yeah. and you know, in America, and we all just started having conversations. So that's how I found them. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I looked at the website, and I was like, "Oh, wow! This is like." serious business right right. <laughs> okay so they don't just do hemp like they do like many other agricultural commodities ah you know? okay okay ginger avocados and all types of stuff okay so i saw a little um, a little clip and i think i saw sweet potatoes yes yeah, sweet potatoes yeah. uh cassava okay stuff like that. okay so agriculture worldwide yeah, worldwide. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Um, so nice. they've been teaching me a lot. Okay. Actually. Okay. So they actually flew me out to Rwanda. Okay. Uh, not too long ago. And what was that um, like? So was, was that your my second? first time to Rwanda. Okay. So was it your second African country or have you been oh, to Oh, no. Others? I've been to a couple of African countries like okay. Togo, Ghana, of okay. course, South Africa, Kenya, okay. Egypt. Okay. Stuff like that. Google citizenship. Yeah. Um, got your stamp. <laughs> so, yeah. So, tell us about Rwanda. Uh, Rwanda's a lovely place. It's beautiful. The streets are really clean. Mm-hmm. Like, outrageously clean. Mm-hmm. I've heard. The people are really nice. People are gorgeous mm-hmm. as well. So, it's a lot different than West Africa. Mm-hmm. It's not as fun. Oh, okay. Okay. I've <laughs> but heard it's that. A really I've heard. Nice place. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like, the scenery is amazing. Like the hills and all the green hills. Yeah. So it's a really, really beautiful place. And, you know, it's not as this food is not as spicy. Okay. I like it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really, really nice place. It's beautiful. It's like a little Miami or something. It's kind of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, what? Um, what's your vision for Hempers Farms in Rwanda? Is that. We're going to see what the local laws do. So it's not legal there, or is it? Um, it's legal to cultivate. Okay. So we, we're we working on that same way we're working on Ghana. Okay. So we'll got an update for that. Okay. Okay. Nice. 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 Soon. Nice. Oh, yeah. So did you find that there's, because Ghana has a hemp association. Mm-hmm. So does Rwanda have similar infrastructure? They don't have a hemp association. Um, okay. But they do have a very 
they have a good like government setup where you can ah. set up meetings and ask questions. Okay, yeah. oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So super organized. Right. Super organized. Right, and that's yeah, kind of like America. <laughs> right, I've heard. Like, so that's the thing is, I'm Rwanda is just one to watch because of the level of organization in which they have approached mm-hmm. policy and all those things. Like, you wouldn't be able to have such a clean country if the powers that be, the policymakers, the the leaders weren't leading by example. And so I think that's kind of where a lot of West Africa in particular, we look to Rwanda and say, oh, Rwanda's doing this great, 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 but then we don't figure out how we need to also mm-hmm. make those decisions yeah. to do it as the leaders, you know, because it was the leadership class that made those decisions. It wasn't just like, oh, that's poof, right. we're going to do this. It's the leaders. So. So, okay, we'll be looking forward to... Yeah, they have um, a lot of amazing women leaders. Exactly. Yeah, like exactly. super powerful, smart, I think, smart. So let's move into a little bit of global speak. Okay. So this is where I want to... We want to know what you hear. So you've been traveling a little bit recently. You were just in Rwanda. You've now been to Accra. But you live in... What is the South, yes, the Southern U, the Southern U.S. So tell us some local speak that rings in your ears, you know, that you hear often, and that really is uh, something that uh, that takes you to another place. And that you're here at home in any of these places, wherever you feel local. What is local, global kind of speak that you hear? Like slang, sure, or sayings. Chopped in life. <laughs> chopped in life. Okay. Like they always say, chopped in life here. Chopping life. Yeah. Really? Like living life to the fullest. Okay, okay, okay. I haven't heard that. Brenna Boy, Brenna Boy, like, we're going to chop life. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it for the first time because I heard them say it. Okay. Like, okay, chop life. Okay. okay. I like that, though. I, I love like Brenna Boy. I love Brenna Boy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's another show note. Like, listen to his new album. He's so. got a really nice Tiny Desk video out. Oh, a new NPR, one? NPR, Tiny okay. Desk. Okay, yeah. So we're, we're doing a plug for Tiny Desk because yeah, we love it too. It's like a live burn boy thing. Nice. Mm. Okay, chopping life. That's a good thing. <laughs> okay, so let's get a little bit more technical into the product creation. So okay. you just talked about you decided to extract the rosin and, and do that um, for these products, having to pivot for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit more about um, where you find your seeds um, how you are cultivating indoor now, because you talked about the outdoor. Tell us more about the indoor processing and how that then becomes a product for you. Yeah, indoor growing is my love. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're not growing outdoor anymore. Okay. Um, because our indoor flower is superior in every way. Okay. And also the um, indoor... Okay, so I'll give you a little background on indoor. Okay. <laughs> the very first grow started in like one of my rent houses in the country. In okay. Yakinville, like one minute from the outdoor grow. Okay. So it was a rent house. It was fine. We are growing in there. We had a few cycles, amazing cycles, some excellent flower. Mm-hmm. As soon as the flower was done carrying, it was gone. Like we sold it all mm-hmm. wholesale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I what kind like, of, who were buying? Who are your buyers for this? Hmm. Well, the buyers can vary. Okay. <laughs> it might not be your... Typical buyers that you might think in dispensaries. Okay. So the buyers are like other people who make products. Okay. Okay. The buyers are people who need quality. Okay. Hemp. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Are the buyers. Sure. For, for the indoor growth. So we started there and then, you know, COVID-19 is going on. Yes. So it's like, all right, you know, you got to start thinking smart. Yeah. Decrease expenses. Yep. Um, so I was like, you know what? Move all this downtown. To the spa. Okay. Because at that time, the spa business was shit. 
Yeah, literally. Yeah. Like it's actually cool for if you're a massage therapist who wants to travel to people's homes, mm-hmm. or for like spa owners mm-hmm. where when people want to come into the spa, mm-hmm. decrease by seventy percent. Okay, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I had to make a decision and say, well, these rooms, I can't, I can't ah, keep massage tables in here. Got it. Because got it's just it. not making the same money got as I'm it. used to. I'm sure. used to a certain amount of cash flow. Yeah. I got very uncomfortable when I didn't have that that cash flow. Right. So I was like, you know what? These are going to be cultivation rooms. So we moved mm-hmm. out all the, all the spot. If you walk in the spot now, you'll see a vegetation room, which used to be a massage room. Mm-hmm. And in the middle, you'll see like a big lobby with a kitchen, fabulous kitchen where we do all of our tastings. Mm. And then when you walk down the hallway, you'll see the flower. Okay. So, Interesting. Yeah. And so, that's and that's um about how many square feet? Uh, probably like 1,600 square feet. Something okay. Like that on the upper level and yep. then maybe like 1,900 square feet on the lower okay. level. Okay. Okay. So it doesn't require a lot of space necessarily. No, not for indoor growing. Okay. Not mm-hmm. at all. Because mm-hmm. um, we're in a two-month cycle right now. Okay. So we're in a two-month cycle, so... I sell a, a little bit of wholesale flour, okay. you know, mm-hmm. but most of the flour we're going to utilize for our products. Okay, got yeah. it, got it, got it. Yeah. So, so you plant to every two months you harvest. So you have two or three months. Okay, so you have about four harvests um, a year mm-hmm. so far. Well, that's your your projections. Mm-hmm. You have about four harvests per year. So now, when you are processing it. What exactly, how are you doing it? What kind of um, equipment are you using? What kind of equipment is okay, necessary? Okay, so we're using an extraction machine and it heats up two steel plates at 215 degrees. Okay. And we um, press the flour okay. and it pulls out this brown, sometimes gold rosin, sure. depending on what strand you have. Yeah. And that rosin is super sticky. Okay. So you have to throw it in the freezer. Uh-huh. Freeze it until okay. it's waxy. Okay. When it's waxy, we use a tool to get it all together okay. until we have 10 grams of it. Okay. And once we have that, we can decarb it and get it ready for products. Okay. So the decarb is that kind of that activation process, yes. right? This carboxylation, is, is that what they call it? I've been doing a little bit of research on that. So that's the heat, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And is that a, also a press or is that a um, just um, like an oven that mm-hmm. does that? Yeah, that's a press. So, okay. So yeah. two different presses. Mm-hmm. So one is a... To no temperature press, it's just no, a, it's temperature, it's like 215. Degrees. Oh, that's right, right, right. Yeah, okay. and then um, you'll have to download our class. Ah, <laughs> to know more, to get the rest. Okay, I like or that. Or you can hit me up on Instagram. Okay, um, okay, no, so tell us about the class. So tell us more about so the oh, classes, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we and we're gonna do some classes too for Canada Africa. Perfect. Okay, so there's an amazing company, it's like a um, Kind of like a digital magazine almost. Okay. And content um, uh-huh. uh, creators are called CanaAfrica.com. Okay. okay. And they have an Instagram too, so follow that. Okay. Um, but it creates content uh, like globally. Okay. Like people Got on it. the globe who are growing, creating nice. products. Nice. Um, and so definitely check that out. Um, and Bella Canna too is like an amazing uh, company. That it's like an umbrella that has many other companies. Okay. That invest in cannabis companies. Okay. Um, nice. Minority owned around the globe, South cool. Africa, Lesotho. Okay. They have a grow. Are they based in South Africa? Grow. Yes. Okay. Um, DC um, as well, mm-hmm. and we're looking at Rwanda and Ghana. So okay. we all work together, Bella Canna. Um, Canna Africa, Africa okay. Hakuna Group BV, sure. Hempers Farms, okay. and we're all like we're stronger together. Got so it. we're all using our um, 
superpowers yeah. to make this shit happen. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Okay, that's great. So um, so to get more on, on how this the process works, I love that. Um, yes, we want to okay, yeah. send people so to your... follow the Instagram okay. um, and the Facebook. They both have the same information. And that's Hempers Farms. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that's um, Hempers Farms with an S. Yes. And then you'll see when our next classes are. You can chime in via Zoom or in person. Okay. Okay, we do cultivation classes for vegetation. We mm-hmm. do flower classes. Mm-hmm. Prep for flower, application classes, like any class you can think of, we do it. Okay. And again, if you're not in the country, in if you're not in our state, then you can always chime in via Zoom. Right, right, right. But there's a lot of resources out there for folks who want Absolutely. to understand and, and they're learn. super affordable. I don't claim to be like a person that's been growing for 20 years. Sure. I'm literally teaching you exactly what I've been taught. Okay. Okay. okay, when it comes to growing. You know, but it's also to, in your hands-on experience as well. That's right. Yes. And when it comes to products manufacturing, mm-hmm. I am an expert in that. Mm-hmm. And I am an expert in vertical integration. Okay. So um, we talk about that a lot because I don't want people to come in this industry thinking that you can just grow. Yes. And that's it. Yes. You have to create products in order to be successful. And, you know, I think that is the misconception about farming overall is because, you know, when you were first saying that people would grow and then they, you know, they would use all this land – the key thing that I've always understood about farming is is you don't grow unless you have an off taker. Like the speculative farming, it doesn't work. <laughs> right. It just doesn't. You have to know that you're going to have this much to give to this person or you're using it. Mm-hmm. And and the best way to use it is in your own product. So I think that that's the learning and the lesson that Africans in particular, small scale artists and farmers, we need to be kind of blaring the the horn on what that is about. Yeah. I like that. Okay, we're going to have really good show notes this week. Okay, so let me ask you about a mindset hack. So what do you use? What's your mindset hack? (laughs) All right. So it's definitely going to be meditation in the morning. Okay. All right. You know, I'm a hypnotherapist. Yes. So you're going to program a subconscious mind in these ways. It's going to be repetition, Mm -hmm. symbology, and trauma. Mm. Okay. okay. Symbology in trauma or and trauma? And trauma. Okay. Yeah. So, so how do you program? All right. The, so you the, can do it in many different ways. So with repetition, you can record your own voice, okay. reading like your goals, your life script mm-hmm. in present tense. That's mm-hmm. very important. Mm-hmm. It can't mm-hmm. be I will. Like I am. I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can record your own voice and just do it on your phone. Everybody has a phone with voice yep. recorder and literally listen to it a thousand times. Yeah. Like all the yeah. time. It Every works. Day, all day. Yeah. Because yeah. It, it penetrates the subconscious mm-hmm. and then you, you're automatically in that mindset. Okay. Or even while you sleep. Yes, yes, yes. I, I listen to binaural beats mm-hmm. as I'm sleeping often. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just the, 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 um, the vibrations. It yeah, it really does. So symbology. Um, what? How does that work? Is that just visualization? All right, or? symbology is gonna be like ritual. Ah, okay. All right, so you go to your altar. You know, oh, you know how okay. sometimes you have different things, different relics sure. that represent like a symbol. Yeah. Um, like so crystals and crystals, things like that. Exactly, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So some certain things represent certain things for pe- people. Sure, sure. So sure. like. This is a symbol for me for protection. Ah, okay. You know, so that's symbolic. Got it. You know, so I wear it here. I've been wearing it here for the past ten years. A random uh, guy in Ghana gave this to me ten years ago, and I never—it's it, a crystal. Yeah, well, so they call it a thunderstone. Thunderstone. Yeah. Okay. It says, but you can get this from the fetish market in Togo. 
Ah, okay. Is that where you got it? Oh, no, well, you said I got someone more. gave it to you. I got more from there. Okay. And it's so wild because when he gave it to me, I didn't really know what it was, and yeah. I carried it for 10 years, and then I went to Togo to the Fesh Market, yeah. and I was like, what's that stone? They're like, it's a thunderstorm, and it, uh-huh. and it helps with protection. I was like, oh, Wow. Shit. Just your intuition just told you to keep it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, intuition. Always listen to it. Yeah. That's what I say. And then trauma. How do, how do you It's like when you're young that? and um, get bit by a dog, and okay. then... All your adult years, you're not afraid of dogs. Okay, so just kind of rewiring your mind to change that as accepting that as part of your reality is kind of the idea. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Good mindset. Um, So actually confronting it so that you can get over it is Mm -hmm. is the concept. Okay, good. Nice, nice, nice. So we learned about your business. We learned about your travels. Tell us more about, like, who Maya is. I ask, I like to ask this question, which is, you know, are you a reader, a watcher, or a listener, just to kind of get a sense of what <laughs> occupies your time outside of <laughs> the work world? <laughs> Let's see. I guess all the above. Okay. Um, so what are some of the things that you indulge in on the auditory or sensory or visual level? Oh, I love fine dining. Okay. I love wine tastings. Okay. I always want to be a food critic when I retire. <laughs> be like this international food critic and go to all these like super expensive restaurants. Yeah. And like five star Michelin chefs and just critique food. Um, and luxury is my hobby. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Before COVID, I was actually if you if you hashtag international luxury spa reviewer, mm-hmm. you'll see all the different. Resorts I went to around the globe. Oh, okay. Um, to because what I would traveler. do is just travel, and I would get uh, five star luxury ideas, and I would bring it back to the spa. Ah, so nice. Um, that's still work, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, places like Dubai, the Maldives, yeah. India, okay. South Korea, Ghana. Okay, nice. Yeah. Nice Qatar. Nice. Okay. Yeah, All right. Different places. All right. So you mentioned Burner Boy. Who else are you listening to? Oh, listening to Afrobeats in general because okay. I love it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and uh, listening to like mantras too. Okay. And meditation. Okay, got it. You know? Got it, got yeah. it, got it, got it. Nice, nice, nice. Well, Maya, this has been so awesome. I'm so oh, glad I was able to catch you before you fly off back to the, the other so side of the, the ocean. Yeah, and I look forward to seeing you still yes. and again back here in Accra yes. because I... I am a true believer that cannabis is medicine, and I definitely see myself as a farmer as well. So I will be signing up for one of your classes because I really want to understand the cultivation. And I really want to share that with people because I think pain is something that everyone has. And, you know, we're doing it, we're, we're treating it, first of all, not directly. We're indirectly treating pain with the mostly pharmaceutical productions that are synthetic Mm -hmm. whereas we have this plant that is indigenous to our own environment that is treatment so we just need to relearn what we've already done exactly and there's like this whole medical metaphysical piece for the cannabis too because it's like the Mm -hmm. oldest crop known to planet earth Mm -hmm. and then we're the oldest people known to planet earth Mm -hmm. so it's like it just makes sense the Dogon tribe in Mali says that cannabis comes from the Sirius B the star they knew about before telescopes came there you go so it's a magical 
It's a magical plant. Yes, it is. It does so many things, like food, shelter. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It goes beyond just, you know, what everyone thinks. Oh, you're smoking to get high. It's like, no, there's blocks, there's construction. Every part of the plant is useful. So um, the more we get the word out to Africans, to all indigenous peoples, and, you know, everybody in the world, I think we'll we'll be in the right direction. Yeah. Save the ocean. Save the forest. Exactly. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. 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 Exactly. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. 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 Thank you, too. Oh. Pick out a pro. Wonderful. Wonderful. I will appreciate that and while you do that i'm gonna sign off to our customers i mean i'm sorry sign off to our listeners <laughs> oh wait Pick anything you want out of it. oh my gosh oh guys i'm gonna have to put a link to with the one that i choose out of this lovely box of I mean bag of goodies so i'm gonna look into that and pick something out mm, i can't wait until then i want to say um thank you again maya And this has been another episode of Global Citizen. You can catch us each and every Tuesday with a new episode at www.glocalcitizenspod.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Please share, like, subscribe, tell a friend, suggest a guest. We love it. We love it. We love it. And until next time, bye for now.